everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where we are presently in the beautiful, beautiful Inbal Hotel. My thanks, as always, to everyone who makes us feel at home while we are here. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I am Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I'm keeping my voice a little bit down because we are in the executive lounge here at the Inbal Hotel on the ninth floor. We are outside of the Mirpeset, the beautiful porch um, or overlook that you can um, enjoy while you're here at the Inbal, which is often where we do our programming while we're here. It is a little windy, a little cold outside, though not New York cold or Minneapolis cold. God, did you see that line, that uh, that weather report? That's crazy. Um, so it's not that cold, but it's certainly not perfect enough to sit outside. But we can sit inside and look outside and enjoy that beautiful view. I'd like to thank Ronnie and Panina and Yael and George and everyone else here at the Inbal who certainly make us feel at home while we are here. And I'd like to thank Aaron's Casino Farms. We are on the road here at the Nahum Siegel Network, and you must, must, must make sure to take Aaron's Casino Farms on the road with you this Pesach for all of your Pesach needs. We thank them for their support of this programming, for making sure that it happened, and in turn, we encourage all of you to check out everything they have going on for Pesach. You'll hear more about their Pesach program, Pesach programs, their Pesach store coming up in the next few weeks, but trust me when I tell you, while you are making your Pesach plans, keep Aaron's Casino Farms in mind. And I I keep losing my mic. And I am joined here this morning by Yoni. Good morning, Yoni. There's a reason for that. That I'm joined by you? No, no, no. Oh. There's a reason because I keep flipping because when we're in the studio, you're mic two and I'm mic one. But okay. when we're here, you're mic one and I'm mic two. So I'm looking at the board. I'm like, oh, I want to lower mine for a second. But I, I'm flipping the opposite one. Oh, well, do we have it down now? Uh, uh, we'll have it down for the next Are we okay? 25 minutes, and then I'll revert back to what I'm used to doing. Okay. All right. Well, then, great. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Um, we have a wonderful guest today, and somebody I get to, I, I got to know, and, and I'll tell you all about that in a minute. I do want to do the national holidays. I do want to discuss a few things with you. Let's do the national holidays. Yoni, this one is actually, this one's for you. It's National Serial Day. Yes. It's National Serial Day. I almost feel like we should have had Jamie on also. Oh, yeah. She wouldn't have to come on, but... Right. But we have... This is a, a holiday to celebrate. I know. It's World Book Day. Not that I was making That's that not for a you. Right. It's cereal. <laughs> it's National Serial Day. It's also National Be Heard Day, but frankly, it was only National Serial Day that made me, you know, want to share this day with you. That and I with appreciate. Jamie. And of course, with Nahum. I am the outlier in terms of my cereal preferences... Yes, <laughs> not even a question about right. it. Right. So, if you in your top three cereals, okay, okay, top three cereals, is there any choice there without sugar? Mm, no. Really? Because you're talking cocoa pebbles. You're talking cocoa um, pebbles. Yeah, you're definitely talking cocoa pebbles. You're probably talking some Reese's puffs. Oh, some cinnamon toast crunch. Oh, yeah. okay. All delicious. No crispix. I don't even know what that is. Well, no Rice Krispies. No. Why? I thought that's a dessert. Stop it. That doesn't have to come with marshmallows. Rice Krispies is an unbelievable cereal. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's 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 rice. What about cornflakes? Uh, cornflakes is not bad. It's, special K? It's not bad. I love special. I, like, so I'm then, on diet season, I'm a special K guy. So that's not in your top it, three? Mm, not if I'm not on a diet, no. Really? It's not your go-to? Right now, I've been pounding special K, either fruit and yogurt or strawberry. I'm not a big There's fan of the still- chocolatey one, but... 
There's yeah. still a lot of sugar in there, though. With right, those, but it, it's better than Cocoa Pebbles. Well, there's much not that isn't better <laughs> than Coach. Co- right. The Cocoa Pebbles is like the bottom of... It's, um, I'm, I would, wouldn't be surprised if they put like made with whole grains on the front of your <laughs> Cocoa Pebbles because or your Reese's Puffs just right. to make it, oh, it's not that bad. But it's pretty bad. No, it's delicious. Okay, I don't even know. Honey Nut Cheerios was my go-to. Honey Nut Cheerios is amazing! So, so that we could probably agree on. Honey Nut Cheerios are great. I like regular Cheerios, though, also. No. <laughs> no, like the, the ye- just the plain yellow box. Yes. I was like, stay away. No! Ugh. You, so basically, all of the cereals in camp that they serve are right. like my go-to, and you would stay away from. I would stay away from. Frosted uh, did Flakes? They, did they, uh, Frosted Flakes, fine. Did, you, they, fine. did they uh, serve Raisin Bran? I'm sure. Of course they serve Raisin Bran. I like Raisin Bran. Raisin Bran's great. Yeah, Raisin Bran's good. Right. There's no actual bran in the Raisin Bran. (laughs) It's not like, oh, I need to increase the bran in my diet. I'm going to have some Raisin Bran. Is the Special K flakes, whatever you call them, are those bran also, technically? I don't think so. I think they're oat. They're oat. Okay, because I was going to say, the Special K ones are so much better than the the bran part. Right. No, I agree with that. But also, I mean, Wheaties. Like, the the Wheaties flake. Not the Wheaties, but I I hear you. The Wheaties flake and the bran and the raisin bran flake are quite similar. Right. In terms of their... I'll take your word for it. But they get so soggy so fast. And then they can just be used like spackle. Skim... Whole one percent, two percent. I've I've actually graduated from skim to one percent. Oh, either one percent or two percent. I grew up two percent, and now I'm all skim. I grew up four percent. I don't even know what that means. That's the. Whole. I grew up four percent. Sure, that's whole milk. Is that whole? Yeah. So what? Oh, interesting. I through my first pregnancy. It's probably so thick. Oh my god, it's amazing. It's like drinking cream. <laughs> Oh, I mean, funny. I don't bring it in my house, and people don't eat that way anymore. But with my first pregnancy, wow. yeah, there was a lot of that. Um, also, just so that everybody knows, uh, tomorrow is National Proofreading Day. And that's important because grammar saves lives. If you haven't checked out any of my grammar posts, I highly recommend that you do so. Use the comma, folks. It really helps save lives. What's the killed grandma? What grammar Yes. Killed? What's- um, I like to, to eat grandma, and I like to eat comma grandma. Right. Right. Don't eat grandma. Don't eat grandma. Correct. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network, and I am thrilled to be joined in person by somebody I met completely by happenstance, but have formed a great relationship with um, a number of weeks ago. This is Karen Gelman. Karen runs a home gallery. You can find her at wwwstate of the dash arts dot co dot il. We're going to hear all about what she has going on literally in her home right now. Good morning, Karen. Hi. Hi, Miriam. It's great to be here. Uh, thank you so much for making the time and you know joining us here in the great Inbal Executive Lounge, which I do treat as my home office. I don't have a home office, but if I did have one, it would, this would be it. Yeah, this would be it. We do treat the Inbal like home and they treat us like home here. And so this is just, you know, a natural progression. I've invited you into my office here in Israel. Um, you and I met in the possibly cra- craziest of ways through a random interaction that we had with somebody on our trip in Toronto. So a shout out to David Matlow, who has made this shidduch. And um, upon meeting David in Toronto and having a tour of his Herzl collection, which Nachum will discuss with David in person at the end of the month, so I will not give any of that away, um, I took a, my own little tour of David's house, admiring the unbelievable Israeli art that he had displayed in his home. And I said to him, where do you get all this? And he answered, Karen. 
And so here we are. And I, too, am now a proud owner of a beautiful piece of art that um, Karen, I I would say, found for me because everything that we saw in your home gallery was almost there, was almost the right one. And then you had the right eye and found me the perfect piece that is now hanging beautifully in my home. Um, bringing all of us a tremendous amount of happiness. So I thank you for that. Really great to hear that. Yeah, it's really great. So let's talk about the idea of a home gallery. Tell me, I mean, there are plenty of galleries throughout Jerusalem. Right. And plenty of galleries throughout Israel. Tell me what your home gallery is like for our listeners who can't envision what a home gallery is. Okay, I think you've brought a lot together already. First of all, a lot of my business is word of mouth, one happy customer brings another and I'm so happy that we've got this great relationship and I'm proud to have these good relationships with my clients and with my artists so I'm a matchmaker too just like David introduced us and I listened to what you were looking for and I saw what you were looking at and then we found this wonderful painting by Yol Galinsky who uh, paints these great Karen Karen Kayemet boxes filled with all kinds of other elements of Israel and nature and that. But my gallery really has the inviting experience of seeing art in the walls of a home as opposed to that somewhat, I guess it can be a little off-putting or sometimes intimidating to walk into a white cube type of gallery. Mm. And it's a history. I certainly didn't invent it. There's a long history of, of home galleries. And of course, for the traveler, it offers convenience of calling me and asking me whenever (laughs) you can come over. And you'll always see when you walk into my home, at least uh, 10 different artists, Israeli contemporary artists work on display. And it's a big range of work. There's um, landscape, classic landscape painting, which is where I began when I first met artists that that I was drawn to by the beautiful mastery of their painting, still life painting and abstract very contemporary work, right. mostly paintings. There's photographs, there's prints. I'm not even sure if we went there at all, but it's we did mostly some, right? paintings. I've always loved them. I grew up in a home with beautiful artwork and a great appreciation for art. And I worked in the Israel Museum and I curated a building and I just love paintings. I think we live with them and they bring us a lot of joy and happiness. And um, and that's basically what it is. And how do you decide which artists you're going to display at a given time or with whom you're going to build a relationship? Well, it is a constantly ter- changing display, of course. And uh, I've worked with a lot of artists for many, many years since July of 2002 when I began. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah, it's been a long, long time. And most and artists are always inviting me to their studios mm. to see their work. And as if... I have I have to love the art. I have to believe in it. And I like to have an eclectic display. I think art lives beautifully together. Um, and so I try different things and see how it works. And, you know, if, if it sells and if it moves, then I continue with the artist. And that's how it's developed over time. And you see a particular, like, cachet or a, or a personality in a piece that draws you to it. And is, is that also true with the artists themselves, that you make that kind Absolutely of... Absolutely true. And that's why when people have the time to really spend on a studio tour, there's a whole world unto its own, walking into a studio or into an artist's home that's also their studio, meeting the artist. It adds layers of meaning to the enjoyment of a work. So yes, the answer is definitely yes. So the first step basically is to step into your home and make a connection with a piece of art in your home. And then you are able to 
help build a further connection between your client and that artist by taking them to a studio tour or doing a studio tour. Correct. And the studios are located where? Uh, All over Jerusalem and and one artist in Tel Aviv, your artist is in Tel Aviv, and two on Kibbutzim up north. And that's also fascinating and wonderful. I hope we get there one day. Yeah, no, that would be cool. Ken Goldman on Kibbutz Luchot, who's doing outrageous and wonderful work. And uh, Shulamit Nir in the Galil, so painting, landscape paintings from the Galil, which is a whole other thing because she was a Jerusalem painter for many years. I always called them her Monet lilies. She painted the old city from a perch on the uh, beside Mount Scopus for years. For four years, she was painting Jerusalem, and now she's painting the... Up north, and of course, the light in the landscape paintings is everything for these artists. So that work is evolving, and wow. everyone's always evolving, and that's fascinating too. Yeah, no, I, it's funny that you bring up this whole idea of of the evolution of art, and you've started in two thousand two. The political landscape. I mean, we're talking landscapes, right? But when you mention a landscape of a, from an artist, it's a literal landscape. Here, there's a political landscape, and Israel is very political. And, and because it's a small pond, so to speak, politics filters down much more quickly and directly than it would necessarily in other cultures. Do you see that in the art and, and from, from 2002 until now? Do you see an evolution there? Politics and religion, you could say. Oh, so wow. I would say there's a real division there between the uh, Tel Aviv art scene and the Jerusalem art scene. And I think Israeli art has always, since Boris Schatz established the Bezalo School in 1906, I think Israeli artists have always been aware of what's going on in the world, in the art world. But they've always created a, a language, a unique language here. And that's the same today. And so I feel like I personally am not that drawn to the political artwork that's uh, that's that's being created in right. Israel today. I love to see it, and I'm you know I, I visit those galleries constantly. But in terms of what I show to sell to people to to live with, it's more of a uh, I think it's more traditional. Even the the most abstract work that I show, I still feels a little more tradi- traditional and and softer politically. That's so interesting. I, I, you know, it didn't even occur to me, but now that I'm going through some of the images that we saw in your home, they are almost politically neutral. Yes. And so, think? yeah. And, and, and it's funny, though, not haha funny, but it's funny that you almost curate your own home gallery with that eye. Because I, I imagine bringing a client into your home, the last thing you want to do is <laughs> turn put- into a political Correct. debate. Uh-huh. N- it, is not only turn, but also potentially offend somebody politically, or think that your art is trying to influence, or what you're displaying is trying to influence them. Because one of the the things that I love the most, <clears throat> excuse me, about the the piece that I bought from you is that not only is it timeless. But there's a warmth to it. There's no edge. And with political art, there's a deliberate edge. It's not a criticism, but it's not what I want to bring in my home. And so I wonder if you think about that in terms of what you're bringing into your home to show potential clients. I want to, you know, I, in your mind, if I'm you, I want to avoid that hotbed. I want people to feel a warmth, a connection to the art without feeling that I'm that I have a message. That's a great read. I think you're explaining it to me, but you're absolutely <laughs> right on. Yeah, I haven't done that. I haven't done it consciously, but I think you're right. That's how I live and that's how I feel. And I think that it is, I do want it to be welcoming and welcoming experience. And, uh, and I don't have an agenda. Right. 
I don't have an agenda. Right. I guess your agenda is to make people love Jewish, you know, Israeli art. Mm-hmm. And don't forget, yours also has humor. It's got yes. timelessness and beauty and humor. Right. Which is uh, which is unique. That that is for sure. There's <laughs> it, it, there's a. Um, I, I almost wish I could display my piece <laughs> as part of this interview so people can get. Well, can, we'll keep people curious. Yeah. No. It, it's, in. It, 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 it's it's a very. Um, it's a great addition to our home. I, I truly appreciate your 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 eye on that. What was funny though about my um, my experience in your home is that you ha- I didn't bring I didn't come by myself. I brought two people with me with who had impressive opinions. One of whom was my daughter. Your who's art here. advisor. Yo, yes, that's what they were. One is who one is my daughter who is here for the year studying, and the other one was my husband. Now, my husband and I do not see eye to eye on art. Um, and so it was interesting to have his input there. So I wonder, for example, when you are bringing, let's say, a couple or an individual or a group, or a group into your home. Remember, mm-hmm. this is not a white stoic gallery. This is, that's your kitchen. These are pictures <laughs> of your children. You know, there's a real family feel to there. How does that whole family being brought into your home to make a group decision, how does that work? Oh, that's where I should have studied psychology as well, but I didn't. <laughs> but I see it. That's always fun. The dynamic is great. There are a lot of couples who uh, take turns choosing pieces of art I've seen, and some and others who say that they don't have the same taste in art, or people who say they don't know what they they don't know anything about art. But really, all you have to know is what you like. Mm. And often, people do come to find the right piece for them, the piece that they like. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Siegel Network. I'm joined by Karen Gelman. You can be in touch with Karen. Karen is not spelled the way you think it is. It's K-A-R-Y-N at stateofthearts.co.il. Again, every word of that, state of the arts, are all separated by a hyphen, dot co, dot I-L. Um, you can also, again, find her on her website, www.state-of-the-arts.co.il. .co.il. I like that play on words, by the way, state of the arts. Um, let's talk about that for a second. How are Israeli artists viewed, um, from number one, from 2002 till now, but in your opinion, on a global scale? I, I would go way back before I started in 2002. I would go back to the beginning of um, what we know as Israeli art, which is over 100 years since, really, since Boris Schatz started the Bitzalo School. But the interesting thing is that it's evolved so much, and there was a very negative attitude in the world towards Israeli art, which has been, you know, changed completely. There's a lot of exciting and creative, endlessly creative Israeli art. But in 1964, the MoMA had the first uh, major exhibit of contemporary Israeli art in the States, and there was a book published at the time called Art Israel. I just want to read you one short, short quote because I think it's perfect today. The intensity of human compassion, pride, intellect, and creativity that gave form to the state of Israel itself is still the prime source of energy that activates Israeli art and gives it a distinctive aura, whatever the style. Could be written today. Right. Could be written today. There's a... um, That's great. That's great. Who knew that that would be so, like, omniscient? Um, There's a... but 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 it's true. There is that Israeli Sabra spark. Um, Our little chutzpah. Exactly. That that <laughs> comes through in the art. And it doesn't, again, it doesn't seem to to matter what the artist's background is, that kind of tenacity. Right. And the artist, the training does come through, though. And the artists are all professionally trained. And they spend all day at 
their painting. So that, you know, that is a huge factor. It's it's not amateur work. No, it certainly is not amateur work. But we also see besides Israel itself and the and the um, the birth of the state being a source of inspiration for a, a lot of the art. We also see that the Holocaust and our history, um, as dark as it is, um, is also a source of inspiration. Talk to me for a second about how people turn that dark into light. Mm, that's a perfect example of an artist named Orit Livne, who I work with. She was born in France. All my Israeli artists, many of my Israeli artists were not born in Israel, of course. And uh, she is a second generation. Uh, her parents, her mother was a survivor. And she drew an incredible series of paintings where you were looking at a painting through a forest and over the forest was a layer of lacework. Her mother's her mother's lace that she painted over the forest. And that evolved into an incredible study of of light and uh, seascapes, forestscapes, and uh, foggy scenes of Ein Karim. I would say it's like the quintessential turning darkness into light example from my small stable of artists. Her work is really exquisite and, and does exactly that. And it tells a narrative. It does. And it's a beautiful painting on its own if you didn't know any of the background. Something that you would love to gaze at and walk into and live with. Do you see that the more popular or um, well-known Israeli artists, whether it's Agam, <clears throat> there's Chagall, and then of course um, there's Kaddishman, which does hold a place in my heart. Do you find that they are, um, that they're, um, Israeliness or that their Jewishness always comes through in their art the same way some of your more modern or some of the artists that you are showing now come That's through? That's a fun question. Okay, Chagall was not Israeli at all, but his art definitely influenced the early artists right. here who were painting, say, looking at Rubin, Rubin, very differently from that dreamy flying over a rooftop like here right. you know israeli artists were grounded in the earth very much painting mm. the earth and the color tones of the of the sky and the earth and the people working the field so i think it's very uh yeah i think i think it's different not the same at all that there's a there's a generational difference mm-hmm. almost the the israeli artists that you're working with right now that you're displaying they their age ranges from uh, their age ranges from, let me think, from the youngest to the oldest. I'd say everyone's in their mid-career of painting, and they're, most are in their 40s, 50s, early 60s. And are there, are, are there up-and-coming artists that are already catching your eye? Always, always. First of all, the Bitzel end of your art show is a great right. place. That to, just happened, right? It, it's in not that recently. But oh, that's okay. always wonderful. Maybe it was our last trip. Maybe it was October? Maybe it was October. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So, it's all based. I knew that we were invited. Okay, there I just you didn't go. remember what it was. Okay. Yeah, there are loads of upcoming artists. So many exciting young artists. And their and their medium in- always, always, and their medium their medium is everything. Um, you know, you go to look at the paintings at the Pizzello Art Show, and you end up in glass and ceramics because everything's just so so beyond the edge now. It's an incredible thing the way Israeli culture and. Um, an Israeli personality is, is so much more accepted on a on a global scale. You, you know the um, the trendiest restaurants right now in Manhattan are all Israeli chefs, and um, while they may not be kosher restaurants, they are certainly holding their own in terms of let's say the New York restaurant landscape and bringing us back to that landscape metaphor, right? Mm-hmm. So so uh, you know there's a 
there are God knows how many Israeli galleries in throughout Manhattan that are featured that are featuring well known I mean Israeli artists and not so well known Israeli artists, but you know they're Israeli because there's a ha and there's a this and you 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 see the art and you recognize that again that kind of spark so there's something to be said about whether or not you know the 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 politics of Israel which are not um you know, equally satisfying to everyone across a global community. Um, well put. Thank you. Um, I had to think about how to put that well. But um, but nevertheless, the culture of Israel, the it's art. It's really Israeli art, Israeli cuisine. It's not Jewish art. Correct. It's not Jewish cuisine. I think that's the big... Doesn't that give you hope? It makes me uh, proud. Everything right. does. I'm it's, proud of Jewish art and Jewish cuisine also. But the Israeli edge is just, it's really exciting. It's really out there. And it just brings so much joy and thrilling interest to many, many different people. It's a real natu- nationalistic mm-hmm. pride. It really is. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Stateofthearts.co.il. Again, wwwstate of dash the-arts.co.il. It's Karen Gelman. Um, Karen, I'm going to ask you one question. I probably, and we're going to have to wrap up as I'm watching the clock and Yoni is giving me bad body language, but um, he's, he's, you know, he's the gatekeeper. He's got to keep me in check. Um, I'm going to ask you this question. When you have a couple who, who walk in <laughs> hypothetically and are not necessarily on the same page when they're walking out, how do you know whether or not they're going to be somebody who comes back to you and say, you know what, we've, we've made a decision and we want to go in this route? Or do you or do you walk out or do they walk out and you're like, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to see these people again? Oh, because again, it's your home. surprise of people. Look, the personal touch is all I can offer. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But I do have a lot of satisfied customers who then continue to buy online. I'll send them a painting and say, I think you'll like this. And of course, because once you get a painting in your hands it's always going to be more beautiful than the image i send you in an email right that i've uh, thank goodness up until now never had to return one but uh but you never know there's a surprise there's so a surprise so it's a good surprise for you too always fantastic karen gelman again you can reach her at karen k-a-r-y-n at state dash of dash the dash arts dot co dot il karen just give everybody your phone number in in case sure when you're in israel it's zero five four four six eight oh nine five oh and you can also email me by the way miriam at nachum com, and i'm happy to make this shidduch because i can tell you it was totally a shidduch worth worth pursuing on my end and if you're somebody who really wants to bring a piece of art into your home and by the way it ranges in terms of price. That's People right. should not think that buying a piece of art is 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 something that's going to cost them a down payment on a home. You can bring a piece of art into your home at at a much more reasonable price than than people would imagine. And and I think that's also a credit to you is that the, it, your gallery runs the gamut, so to speak. There is something for everybody. So if you want to start a collection and you don't know where to start, you should start with Karen. She's incredibly nurturing, incredibly helpful, and exceedingly patient. <laughs> Karen, thank you so much for making the time. I hope I didn't take you away from clients. Um, But really, thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Thanks to everyone uh, who has made this week possible. Again, everyone at the Inbal, Ronnie, Panina, Yael, George, thank you for making us 
feel at home here at the Inball. And I will tell you, folks, I've been staying in one of the new rooms. The the uh, construction is basically over here at the Inball. I've been staying in one of the new rooms. It is absolutely beautiful. So come visit the Inball. You will not at all uh, be disappointed with that decision. Also, again, thanks to Aaron's Casino Farms. Make sure to take Aaron's on the road with you this Pesach. Check them out for all of your Pesach needs. Our programming continues right after That's Life. It's a live lunch with Nahum Siegel from uh, 11 to 1. And then at 1 o'clock, we have Throwback Thursday, 4 p.m. We have an encore of JM Rewind. And at 7 p.m., it's the Arab Shabbos show hosted by Mark Zonic, brought to you by our friends at Kedem tomorrow morning. Join Nahum as he hosts JM and AM from 6 to 9 a.m. And of course, at 7.40 a.m., it's Malcolm Holine joining Nahum with the weekly update. 9 a.m., it's table for two with Naomi. Motzei Shabbat starting at 9 p.m. Eastern. Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami. And then Sunday morning, 7 a.m., bright and early. It's Matis with JM Sunday. We're going to close with, we're going to close uh, that's life this week with Home by the Maccabees. Thanks again, everyone, for your continued support. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. Been a lot of places. I've been all around the world. Seen a lot of faces. Never know where I was on the horizon. Ooh, well, I know, I know, I know, I know. So I'll be rising. Back home No, we won't forget where we came from The city won't change us We beat to the same drum No, we won't forget where we came from The city won't change us We beat to the same drum Don't forget where you belong I'm coming home